Hello, and welcome back for another Creators Chat. Uh, today we're going to talk about inspiration, which is everyone's favorite subject, <laughs> I guess. I don't yeah. know. Oh my gosh. Um, it's great to be inspired, and it really sucks to not feel inspired. And I feel like it's a problem that a lot of people run into, mm -hmm. and everyone, I mean, it's probably one of the most common questions any of us get gosh, online yeah. is, how do you get inspired? Where do you find your inspiration? Yeah. yeah. And it's a huge thing. Some people hate inspiration and just think you should just grind out work all the time. And other people think maybe you should take a break sometime. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to talk all about um, what inspiration is, how we find it, how we think it's a good thing, uh, potential pitfalls, um, how you might be able to screw yourself over trying to find inspiration. And uh, yeah, it should be just kind of a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so do you um, want to start us with like what inspiration is? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's always a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, a lot of us do have different ideas of what inspiration precisely is. Um, I think that it's kind of a state in which obstacles are not stopping you. You feel excited about your work. You feel capable of doing your work. I think that inspiration is very closely related to flow states. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically when your work feels like something you want to do and can do. And you know that's a really good place to be creatively yeah. um, because the opposite of that is very, very difficult. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any additions you want to make to that? No, that feels, that feels about right. Like yeah. it's a it's a great thing and and as you said the flow state thing is very relevant because you know sometimes you're working on a piece and in the middle of it you know maybe you'll start it uninspired but as you get into your work you'll suddenly hit this flow and uh, everything will kind of sync up and then you'll feel that inspiration so yeah. sometimes you'll find it in the midst of working um, it doesn't always have to be you know the trigger for working sometimes it can come along and then you know as you're working yeah i guess it's almost like a it's like a guiding light when it happens, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I think, sometimes when we're creating, we don't feel particularly inspired. Um, even if you're just sitting in the middle of the spectrum, so it's not like you're completely, completely uninspired, but you're also not like super inspired yeah. either. You can kind of feel a bit lost, um, not sure what to do next, not super confident in what you're doing. And so having inspiration feels a lot like a sudden direction, like an absolute clear beacon, like mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. And you're like, there's not enough time in the day to get it done. Um, so yeah, it's a really great feeling. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, we didn't talk about this before. Um, <laughs> what percentage would you say of your time spent making art do you actually feel inspired? <sighs> um, not high. Yeah. Um, I would say <laughs> maybe 10 to 20%, yeah. like in an inspired state, in like yeah. a this is great yeah. state. I'd, I was going to say 20%, oh, there so we go. I, yeah. I feel like that's realistic um, mm. and that's even probably a little optimistic being that, yeah. you know, we, we do this all the time. This is, this is our day job. This is our life. Yeah. Um, and even then, despite putting all the time and effort possible into it, about 20% of the time do we feel like, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's doing well, I mm -hmm. think. Um, I don't think it's realistic to expect like 60, 80% oh, no. inspiration level where know. you're just you know, it's daily bliss, you know, working. I don't think that's realistic. I think that's just an important thing to set right off the bat that people hear about this. They hear about like, oh, wow, they must be super inspired all the time. Realistically, <laughs> no, most artists are not no. super inspired. A lot of art is just this, and it's, it sounds dull to say, but a grind. Yeah, like there are, there are a lot of times it's, it's work and that's, that's okay. Um, I hate when people 
think that it should or needs to be this passionate inspiration to get anything done and that you're a bad artist if you're not inspired. That's got to be one of the most common points of shame, I think, for artists as well, is this feeling that other artists are inspired Mm. more than I am. I am not real artist because I don't feel that compulsion the way that other artists do. I like I get stressed, I get bored, I get frustrated, I get distracted. Um, So, yeah. That's a, that's a very good point. That was yeah. a very good thing to raise. Yeah. It's like a very, very important thing to realize and have like a good, healthy expectation of. Mm. So, yeah. So, I yeah, let's, do you want to talk about yeah, uh, sure. where well, to find? Um, let's start. I kind of want to, before we get too into like where yeah. to find it, yeah. I want to start a bit higher level mm. than that. I like to kind of <laughs> work in like theories first and then mm. then you understand why the, uh, the ideas work. So, um, I like to think of this kind of, balance between creation and consumption. So creation is obviously it's what we're doing. Um, it's when you're inspired and you're making things and it's like the you are putting work into things. It's like a you know, you are spending energy, spending resources and inspiration in order to create. And then on the opposite side of the balance is consumption. It is where you are not creating, you are taking in. So we're thinking like things like, you know, watching watching a movie is consumption. And it's something that a lot of artists feel really guilty about doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels not only passive, but kind of negative because, you know, creation is where we're giving and doing and putting out and spending. And then consumption is where we're absorbing. Um, and I think that a lot of the time we are not giving ourselves enough consumption, we are putting so much pressure on ourselves to create, we're not consuming. Mm. Um, So I think that for a start, a lot of inspiration comes from replenishing that energy, that creative energy. And, you know, so that's where one of the first things people will say, like, how would you get inspired? You're looking at, you know, inspiring artwork. Mm -hmm. It's a form of consumption. Um, So a lot of the things we'll be talking about, see if you can kind of spot that recurring pattern of it's something that you're taking in. So yeah, would you like to, to kick it off with oh, any additions before we kick off? No, that sounds great. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, should we talk about? Yeah, let's talk about um, various, I guess, the forms of consumption that we tend to like. I mean, art, as you said, is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at art, browsing art, um, is a great source of inspiration. Uh, not only current artists, to see what people are up to, see what your favorite artists are making on a daily basis, um, but also browsing you know, books and museums for all the old masters and all that stuff. Um, that can be a wonderful source of inspiration. And you know, anytime that I'm feeling bogged down or like stuck or don't really know what to do, flipping through a few art books is usually enough to kind of mm-hmm. get me started because uh, it's enough to be like, oh, wow, I wouldn't think of painting something like that uh, or in that way or you know, that subject matter. And that's kind of a cool thing. Um, it's cool to see the world through these other artists' eyes and it's it's a powerful source of inspiration. Um, yeah, I, sure. I love it. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, it's got to be one of the. It's probably one of the most direct ways to get inspired because mm-hmm. it's like a complete obvious translation over to what we're doing. It's mm-hmm. like I'm trying to do this painting. I don't feel inspired. Here's the kind of painting I want to do now. I feel <laughs> right. inspired. Uh, so that one's always a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, we will touch base on that one later though because it is rife with problems. Da, da, da. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> don't say we don't entertain you. Um, anyway. Uh, speaking of entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, movies, media. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is very similar. Uh, as artists, we're creating, and obviously things like movies, 
uh, things like TV shows, um, they are a type of creation. Um, and so they might not directly apply to what we're looking at, but like they they can inspire us in like visually, they can give us story inspiration, they can even just in a lateral way, I'm like, oh man, I want to make something big like that. And it makes mm -hmm. me feel like this is this is why I do stuff, is so yeah. I can make something that has an impact like this. Yeah. So um, yeah, media is a good one. Yeah. Um, Movies are probably one of my favorites um, because they never, they usually don't inspire me directly because, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I don't tend to work in film. I don't make storyboards. I don't, I don't do that stuff. Um, it's more that they do such a wonderful job of telling stories and conveying mood mm -hmm. and they're yep. such you know, powerful tools for doing that yeah. and just affecting somebody. And I just, I just love them. So when I think about like what inspires my own personal work, it's usually kind of a collection of movies and you know, the kind of feelings that I had while watching those. Mm -hmm. um, so I absolutely, I love watching movies. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way about music actually. Mm. I didn't think of this one until you said that, mm -hmm. but music will often inspire me. I will, I will go on a binge of all my different like inspiration resources and feel nothing but then mm -hmm. sometimes just in a moment of frustration i put on music and i'm like oh yeah okay i feel that now this is yeah. like so yeah anything any kind of i don't know anything that makes you feel um mm. that is like a huge source of inspiration sure so yeah um maybe some less obvious ones are things like socializing mm -hmm. um i know that there are a lot of introverts out there um a lot of introverts in the art community <laughs> um but honestly, being around people can be a, a huge mm. way to get inspired. Um, that connection with other people, the reminder of why what you're doing is important. Like, you can either collaborate with other artists or just you know connect with people you love. Um, that can be really restorative, even for those of us who aren't as social. It's mm. um, yeah, I think probably one of the most overlooked sources of inspiration, yeah. personally. Yeah, I think even like speaking as fairly good introvert. <laughs> uh, that even still people can be a huge source of inspiration and uh, connecting with people like even on a one-on-one -on -one basis that's kind of like introverts like holy grail right there is yeah. like you know deep connection with Absolutely. somebody one-on-one -on -one. Uh, and it's a great way to kind of get out of your own head and connect with somebody and see things from another perspective For sure. and that is just it's a phenomenal way to to get inspired i mean we have each other which is super nice yeah. so we talk about art and our projects and all that kind of stuff all day long and it's it's really nice to get outside of our own heads yeah. and oh be able to bounce things off of someone else because they're going to come at it from a whole different perspective and probably won't be bogged down with all the stuff that we're thinking of like mm -hmm. oh i can't do it because of this or this and this problem is going to come up they're like, oh yeah, that seems like a great idea. You could totally do that. And, we considered this. And then it's like, oh wow, oh. yeah. Uh, so uh, if you are you know, finding yourself struggled or stuck or anything like that, I find talking it over with somebody that you try trust is, is just really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also um, a certain kind of realness mm. that comes from speaking with people. Um, I know people say that you're not supposed to receive external validation and stuff. I have complex feelings on that. I think that's an oversimplification, but I digress. <laughs> Topic for another day. Um, you know, a lot of the work that we make is powerful because how it affects people. Mm. Like we don't create art in a vacuum. We make art to be seen, to be mm -hmm. like understood and felt by people. And simply being with people, even like honestly, if you're not showing them your work, but just being with people reminds mm. us of that connection, reminds us of the effect that we want to have um, and that can be really, really grounding. So 
So yeah, mm-hmm. people. People can be inspiring. They can. They yeah. Can. Um, also travel. Yeah. Travel's this a really one good one. of our favorite one. ones. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm sure lots of you are kind of already familiar with this one. Uh, it's a very popular way to get inspired. Um, just that exposure to new stuff, of course. Um, I also think that just the the sensory input, mm-hmm. um, sounding a little bit woo-woo, but soaking up the energy. <laughs> yeah. um, I find, especially as I've got older, I identify as being an extrovert, but I'm finding nowadays that's less of a social thing and more of just like a energy thing, being stimulated thing. Like I, I like being in cities, not because I want to necessarily like meet all the people, but mm. I love walking where all the people are mm. and just kind of being around the ambience and seeing what the vibe is like, like what's mm-hmm. going on, uh, seeing that other people are doing and feeling things. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really inspiring. I just walk around and I'm like, don't do anything. And I get <laughs> home and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, a tangent, but obviously, yeah. yeah, just travel presents so many new opportunities to like broaden horizons and learn. I'm going to do the opposite of you and say that I, I love travel, obviously, and getting inspired, but my direction would be more of the nature route where there is yeah, no people, that's um, true. where you go off and there's no people around and it's great. It's just you and nature. And whether that's, you know, hiking or camping or whatever it happens to be, just driving through a cool place with beautiful nature. Uh, that is one of my favorite ways to get inspired. There's nothing yeah. better than like a full day of hiking to get me anxious to make stuff. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's something also nice about hiking that you're walking all day. And there's not a whole lot to usually do. Yeah. <laughs> you're usually there and you're aware of everything and you're having a good time, you're experiencing it, but you got a lot of mental energy for thinking. And I find that it's just a great way for me to process all of the thoughts and you know feelings and stuff and often come up with a lot of really great ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my best thinking seems to happen when I'm out walking, out hiking. And so that's, it's a great way to get inspired. Yeah. It makes me think of actually walking meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, I have struggled with meditation a lot. It does not come easy to me. And I have found that walking is a great way for me to meditate. There's something about the physicality of it, I guess. It takes me outside of my head mm-hmm. and puts me more in my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes that kind of rumination and excess thinking just like quiet way down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, another part of the travel is just like physically being places and doing things, mm-hmm. um, it's like really, really valuable. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. Yeah. Does that cover every, I mean, Oh, every one more, one more. Of, oh yeah? Um, just as it came to mind, um, learning, mm. uh, not necessarily about the subject that you want to be inspired mm. on, but just laterally. Um, it's amazing the kind of weird ways that you can connect things up, just like completely, seemingly completely unrelated sources. And that might solve a problem or just like make you think of something in a different way. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Like when right. I, it's the reason I do my newsletter with the weekly uh, world mm. building prompts. Which you should sign up for because it's yeah. really good. <laughs> I get it for free, it. so I'm uh, like, I'm feeling good about this. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ways to get inspired is to just go and research something cool because, you know, it's, it's kind of like building the visual library, but more, you know, knowledge based. Mm-hmm. Um, that's amazing what you can learn, both like just facts, but also patterns and just, I don't know, 
It's really cool. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's why be... I like audiobooks so much. Yeah. Is that I've constantly got an audiobook going while I'm painting. Mm-hmm. And it's just a great way to constantly be getting new influences into yes. your brain all the time. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It can be a really nice way to get inspired and like, but like while taking a break from your work. Because mm. obviously, if you're exhausted and like running yourself into the ground and like working really, 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 really hard at art and you're not feeling inspired and you're just trying desperately to get inspired by like reading art books and going to museums and just doing all the things you know how to do to do with art, mm-hmm. you just gosh, you're going to get so burnt out. Um, Doing something like this, like learning something else can be a really nice way to continue to be productive, but just take a goddamn break from art. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that can be a really nice one. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So that's probably it for our, I mean, there's obviously going to be a million ways and very individual ways of getting inspired, but that's kind of a good overview, I think. Um, So then I think the next thing I want to talk about, another higher level concept is thinking of inspiration as we've done creation consumption being a balance um, I think of inspiration as being on a spectrum uh, one end of the spectrum with uh, art block basically um, if inspiration is like the higher end you know like everything is great art block is the same scale but at zero mm-hmm. um, and I find that a lot of the time um, a lack of inspiration is actually more the presence of art block or like Mm. vice versa Um, actually personally when I talk about ways to get inspired I think my favorite way to get inspired is to bust whatever's causing me (laughs) to not be inspired Uh, so there's a lot of like a lot of useful stuff there that Mm. we can do it's not just like you know something to be miserable about there's usually something there that we can address Mm -hmm. so yeah art block is a (laughs) a big topic because there's mm-hmm. another one we get asked a lot about oh, yeah. for every how do you get inspired question there's a like how do you overcome art block right. question um, and I'm fascinated by it because I think mm-hmm. that it is a very logical thing with a very kind of enigmatic result mm-hmm. uh, it can feel so hard to dissect and understand what's going on it's so complicated and like there's so right. many factors um, but I do think that so much of it is extremely logical and mm. like if we can get really aware, um, we can start figuring this stuff out and use it to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pause a sec. I have yeah. something in my eye. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we're talking about the different ways in which like different factors can stop you from feeling inspired. So one of the, the classic ways that this can come up is like stress, basically. Um, I think that in some ways inspiration is like an absence of negative factors. Mm. It happens when our work is facilitated, when there's nothing getting in the way. Mm. And so when we're incredibly stressed out, it can be really, really hard to feel creative. Mm. I personally don't think I ever feel inspired when I'm stressed. Um, And on that same spectrum is um, things like, you know, being overwhelmed, um, being burnt out, mm-hmm. uh, struggling with mental health, mm. all of those things are really, really difficult. Um, and I think that a lot of the time it's, it's somewhat easier to address those things rather than plow through to take a step back and say, what do I need to do here to alleviate my state of mind? Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really powerful. I will say that probably isn't true for everyone because honestly, for me, a lot of the times, not all the time, um, when I'm feeling stressed and anxious and there's a lot on my plate and I'm you know, bogged down, 
sometimes art is actually the relief from all of that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I actually find a lot of inspiration in those times because art is almost like this little escape that I can do from all this exterior stress mm -hmm. and problems and stuff that like that. That sounds a lot so, like inspiration though to me. It sounds like you are inspired when you do that. Well, that's the thing is that like, yes, mm -hmm. I am. But that's, that's kind of the point is that yes, like all this stuff is going on and mm -hmm. it's definitely not great. Yeah. And it would be very easy to not do art but sometimes if I do kind of trick myself into making a little bit of art, um, I can almost kind of be inspired by the fact that mm -hmm. this is not a stressful experience. I mean, sometimes art is <laughs> definitely stressful, but it's not all the other stuff I'm dealing with in life. And so sometimes there's actually a lot of, you know, uh, fulfillment uh, to be found in making art, even when stuff is just you know, falling apart. Um, Lucky so. you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I am stressed out, I can't. Like, there's just. I like mean, there's block. plenty of times I doubt, but uh, I'm just saying that cool. there are no, exceptions yeah, to the rule. That's very true. And I will say that um, I think that there's a point in between those two um, where people have like a knee jerk reaction to, I'm stressed out, I should stop working, mm -hmm. I should take a break. Right. Um, because I find that when I am stressed and overwhelmed, a lot of the time it's because I have a lot on right. um, and taking a break compounds that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually fix things. I'm like, right. if I could just stop for a minute and say like, what do I have on my plate? What can I tick off quickly? How can I make this easier for myself? Like what resources do I need to make this go away? Mm -hmm. um, that can be a great way to address things. Like sure. I, I used to be in kind of an unhealthy cycle of things where I would be struggling with a painting and I would feel stressed and overwhelmed and burnt out. So I would say that means I need to take a break and consume some media and I play video games and I would feel worse and it just, it would just keep going. And I'm like, I am taking breaks. Why am I still stressed? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm still stressed because the, the stimulus that was causing the stress is right. still there. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it's just getting worse. Sure. Um, so a lot of the time, you know, there is a nuance to saying like, okay, I do need a break and breaks are really important. Um, and I think that they should be something that's built into our like day to day. Um, I think that, yeah, they're absolutely vital, um, but it's not always the answer. Sometimes it's because we're kind of losing focus. We're doing the wrong stuff. We're grinding for no good reason. And being like, okay, what can I do to make like the most impactful difference right now? Um, how can I wind this back and be like, refocus my efforts mm -hmm. so yeah there's uh there's a lot of nuance to that mm -hmm. one i think sure. um to like yeah stress uh, on the other end of things um boredom and mm. lack of challenge can be a really really uninspiring thing mm. um that's part of the whole flow states thing is trying to get that right level of challenge obviously if we're trying to do work that's way too difficult for us it's yeah. pretty uninspiring yeah. um same is true as if like it's too easy for us if, yeah. if it's a job we've done to death if it's the only type of work we've been doing for a long time yeah. um, if it's something we can do in our sleep that feels really uninspiring and you know we end up just kind of grinding yeah I feel like I've read some study at some point I'm really scientific here um, <laughs> that I think it, the failure rate you're supposed to have for peak learning is somewhere like 10 to 20 percent where you know 10 to 20 percent of your time you should be doing something that you don't feel like you're succeeding at mm -hmm. that you do feel like oh god i don't know what i'm doing 
and that the rest of the time you should mostly be doing stuff that you do feel like, all right, I can I can do this. Like this is a level of challenge that is you know doable for me. Because mm. I feel like if you're at ninety percent failure and you're just just terrible at everything you do, I don't think it's like a great way to learn. But yeah. same goes for like two percent. If you're mm -hmm. failing two percent of the time, like you're basically just repeating yourself forever, mm -hmm. and you're you're never growing. You're never learning because that that learning is a uncomfortable process. Yeah. I think that growth is a huge part of what drives us creative, like creatively. We are always looking to expand, to grow, explore. And if we're not doing anything that's particularly challenging, we don't get that. Yeah. I think it's actually very closely related to purpose. Mm. And that one's a huge topic. Uh, I actually did a course with Justin Donaldson, which, yeah, I'll drop a link in the description. Mm. Um, it's self-guided at this point, but we'll do future runs. And it's all about exploring that purpose, like mm -hmm. why we're creating. And purpose is like, you know, if we're not being challenged, our purpose is really, it comes into question. We're like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I contributing? Like, I could do this with my eyes closed. I'm stagnating. Mm -hmm. And that's a really awful feeling. Oh, it's terrible. Like the times I felt the least inspired and the most blocked in my art has been the times where I have stagnated in my skills. I'm not learning, not growing, mm -hmm. where I'm grinding out freelance work for other people that isn't inspiring. Yeah. It's not fulfilling. Mm -hmm. It's just a job. Yeah. And art just turns into this daily grind of a job. Mm -hmm. And guess what? It doesn't take too long of that before you're just, you're just burned out and uninspired. And I feel like if you leave art block long enough, you're just going to feel burned out. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just like an awful thing to come back from. And I've, I've definitely felt it a few times, at least coming on. Mm -hmm. And the thing for me that usually got me out of those, those times of feeling really down was starting to find things that were fulfilling to me, yeah. uh, whether that's getting back to studies and learning, because learning is a big part of what I like about art. And also just doing personal work in general, just doing paintings for myself. Because mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, most of us are doing art because we like making art. Mm -hmm. uh, like we're not doing art purely for other people. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people like working for other people. Uh, a lot of people work client jobs and they love it because there's something super cool about working as part of a team and making this really big project and collaborating with other people and it's it's great. Um, but I think at the end of the day, most of us, at least at some point, really <laughs> like making art for ourselves right. because we like making cool pictures and sharing them with people. Exactly. And I think making sure that you remember that and get back to that from time to time, uh, even if you are, even if you do have to, you know, do freelance jobs all the time, uh, I think <laughs> that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Yeah, it's very true, and it can also apply in the opposite way that you were mm. just describing. Uh, I felt that way more actually from getting stuck in study purgatory. Mm. Um, I never really did too many freelance jobs. I tried to avoid that as much as possible. So I never really, I never really experienced that boredom and lack of challenge and like lack of purpose in freelance work. But I have felt it in just kind of forever studying. Mm. It's something that I will often accidentally wander into. I feel like all of us are kind of drawn one way or the other. I think we're either like happy comfort zone painters who just want to do the thing all day long or we're just like, I just could learn all the things. And they both had their pros and cons. Um, but I'm definitely one of those who just like will naturally drift towards doing more studies and learning. Anytime I face a challenge in my work, I'm like, I could solve that with a study. And then I start, you know, building up the study until all I'm doing is studying. And that's really good and everything. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it's very beneficial for my skills, um, I start questioning why I'm doing any of this. I'm like, it just becomes a grind. It's all about how good I am, how good I'm not. And I'm not applying it to anything. Mm -hmm. And that's always a really good way for me to get reconnected to my purpose is to take a step back and be like, why am I doing this? It's always to do with story for me. Mm -hmm. I love anything story related. And there's not much story in studies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have to every now and then bring that back and say, like, how can I apply this to telling stories with my art? Yeah. So yeah, that, that lack, of, lack of challenge is a mm -hmm. really big one. Oh yeah. Um, let's see, what else have we got here? Unsolvable problems. Mm. Uh, this is one that I think a lot of us come up against. We don't fully realize what it is. It's when we get frustrated with a painting mm. and we start blaming ourselves. We're like, oh, I must be just a terrible artist. Mm -hmm. I bet other people could figure this out really quickly. It's often that there are just a bunch of problems um, we're not solving. And mm. as I say, sorry, I say unsolvable problems. I mean unsolved. Mm. Um, so just, <laughs> you know, breaking it down into parts and saying, like, why am I struggling with this? Like, right. what objectively is wrong? Yeah. Um, looking for the resources we need. Problem solving, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like for, for both of us, there are often times when one of us will get stuck in a painting and say, say you're stuck in a painting and you've been grinding at it for hours and you just feel like you're stuck and you're not going anywhere. And usually I'll come over and realize that all that stuff you've been working on is, is fine, it looks great. It's just you haven't painted this thing over here and it looks terrible and it's just throwing off the, the yeah. all the rest of the stuff you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there, there is something about like figuring out what things you're just unconsciously just avoiding in your piece yeah. and actually solving those problems. Uh, it's something I do all the time is mm -hmm. that I will just like not paint a subject in there for so long and realize that if I just sat there for, for 20 minutes yeah. and just figured it out, I could just fix the problem and suddenly it wouldn't be a problem and the painting would be cohesive and whole and all that. And uh, I think it's just something we all run into. I and think so. I think so. Another thing we all struggle with is um, expectations. Mm. Uh, the expectations placed on us either by ourselves or by other people sure. uh, can be a huge inspiration killer. Yes. Um, gosh, and this will kind of move on to, we'll get into this later, but um, there's nothing more defeating than being like, I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this right. Um, and, you know, looking at other people's art is like a great way of doing that. Right. Um, but yeah, I think having expectations either like of what our career should look like or how much money we should be earning or Absolutely. how many followers we should have or yeah. like whether my family approves, all that kind of stuff. Expectation is heavy. I think the hardest way to make a great painting is to expect yourself to make a great painting. Oh gosh, yes. Like that is that is a surefire way for me to screw up is be like, sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to do the best painting I've ever done. And then it, it inevitably turns out terribly yes. because you just, you have all this pressure just crunching down on you and you're like, well, I have to make it incredible. Like pretty good is just not good enough. So it has to be, and it obviously, it just turns out terribly. Yep. And the same goes for anything else. Like if you, if you only can be happy, only be satisfied if something is absolutely perfect, it's either never going to happen mm -hmm. or it's just going to turn out like a train wreck. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty rare. Like you expect something perfect and it turns out perfect. It just, yes. it just realistically doesn't happen. Yes. Uh, you can shoot for doing something really well and putting in the time and trying hard. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. 
but expecting these like insane expectations is mm -hmm. just it's unrealistic I actually did a video on that one of our, I think it was mm. input versus output Ooh, yeah um, so go check that out That's right. yeah good memory thank you we're <laughs> 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 being all professional and stuff yeah. <laughs> well I think that leaves us quite neatly to move on to the next mm. subject and you know expectation is a big part of this and it's ways that we think we're going to get inspired that mm. actually aren't inspiring and i think i'll preface this by saying that there are ways of turning these things into inspiration yes. but they are they're tricky um yeah. sometimes we do things to get inspired and end up feeling worse yes um, kicking that off, and you know, I've been referencing this several <laughs> times so far, is looking at other people's work. Mm -hmm. Minefield, <laughs> not mm -hmm. always, not always the best thing you can do. No, no, it, it can go terribly wrong. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of times I suggest people look at less art than they are. Yeah. A lot of people should be looking at way less art than they do, um, because looking at art all the time has it brings on all kinds of unrealistic expectations and jealousy problems and all sorts of other things that you just don't need to deal with. Uh, you could probably do with looking at a little bit less art, uh, you know, for most people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely something I see happen a ton is people look at all this art and they set these super crazy expectations for themselves and they sit down to work and they inevitably screw up. Mm -hmm. And this is something again, it happens all the time, is, you know, you'll look at all this art, you'll be super inspired, you'll see these beautiful paintings, and you'll be so pumped to sit down and paint. And then you sit down and paint, and you realize that painting is still just painting, and you are still just you. And your skills haven't magically gotten better, you're not magically going to produce work in another style, you're still just you, and art, turns out, is still slow and uncomfortable and hard and yep. it doesn't go smoothly and that's just how art is and so sometimes we just we go from this super high high of looking at art and imagining just how great art could be we could you know crank out these 60 hour paintings every day somehow and in all sorts of styles and we're perfect and everything's great and then you get to actual painting and you just crash down mm -hmm. because that's what painting's actually like yes. is it's, it's hard that's true and yeah i think um we tend to massively overvalue things that we can't do mm -hmm. and undervalue things that we can and looking at art is really really difficult for that because i mean there are just infinite ways you could tackle a subject like absolutely infinite and every time we look at someone else's work, it's a way that we wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we instantly value that really highly. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is because we, we know what went into learning what we know, making what we make. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of, there's no mystery about that. We're like, well, I just did this, that's, that's obvious. Uh, but for people who can do things we can't do, mm -hmm. we're like, oh my God, how do they do that? Like, yeah. I can't do that, I wanna do that. And it's just this kind of mystical thing. Um, and so we look at other people's art and they've done a bunch of stuff that we would never have thought to do and we feel completely useless. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh man, I never would have thought to use that. I wouldn't have done that. And that can be really defeating. Yeah. Um, it's something I've had to really learn with my art is that I'm looking at other people's art and saying, gosh, that's amazing. And there's something wrong with me because I never would have done that. 
Um, there's a lot of stuff in my art that only I would do. And that's really hard for me to realize sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, that is its own thing. And I'm not seeing it objectively. I'm going to um, show you this video yeah. the next time you feel that way. <laughs> so much like, see, this lady said this. You should listen to her. So much easier to tell other people how they should behave than to behave that way myself. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> So yeah, I do think that there are ways to look at artwork and like just in a more careful way. And I think honestly, uh, having a reason for looking at the work. So I only really go on inspiration binges when I'm looking for something in particular. Mm, uh, I'm like, sure. I want to see how artists handle this particular subject, how they do this kind of brushstroke, whatever. Yeah. And I will go looking for that thing. I won't just be, you know, just letting it all wash over me and just overwhelmed with stuff I could be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so that one helps. Yeah. Uh, I think also keeping a very healthy uh, awareness of the kinds of narratives that you're feeding yourself as you're looking at other people's artwork. Just catch yourself in the act of saying things like, oh man, you could never have done that. And they've not been doing this as long as you and they're better than you and like all that kind of stuff. Like just try and nip it in the bud. It's like kind of meditative, isn't it? It's, you can't stop yourself from thinking stuff like that, but you can catch yourself and mm. bring yourself back in and yeah. just not let yourself run rampant with that. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of something I'd like to bring up for sort of everything is the kind of the healthier way to do these forms of consumption is active consumption rather mm. than passive consumption. I feel like it's it's easy to slip into passive consumption. For instance, watching a TV series, mm -hmm. super easy to just sit down, turn your brain off, enjoy the show. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it is a little bit different than being more active and conscious about your consumption, um, really thinking about what you're consuming, even if that's occasionally just thinking, hey, I really like that you know, lighting in that scene, or hey, I really like that idea, I should remember that, and actively thinking, how could I incorporate this into my work, into my practice? Uh, and I think that can come about in pretty much any type of this consumption that we're talking about. Um, like if you are looking at art, be conscious and active about how you're consuming that art. And you know, as you said, if you have a specific thing in mind, if that's a great way to consume art in a very conscious, active way, mm -hmm. rather than just passively scrolling through art, which is, it's fine, like I, I do it sometimes, but I think it is a little bit different. So for instance, one of the things that I did is, you know, I got fairly decent at figure painting in the past couple of years, and something I did was I actually just, I scrolled through a bunch of art trying to find artists that did figures in a particular way mm -hmm. that I really liked because I wanted to find ways of figure painting that I liked. And it's, you start to discover, you know, I'd like this painting, I don't like this painting. And then you start to use that inspiration to kind of guide your own path. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to get inspired is to really actively choose how you're consuming this stuff. Yes so that it's not just mindlessly scrolling and you know feeling bad about yourself and feeling bad about your lack of work. And every time you're scrolling, it's like, well, I'm still not making any art. I'm still just looking at art. Yep. So um, that's just kind of a general thing to think about for all of these yeah. all of these things. I think that applies to pretty much everything that we mentioned in the, the first section about consumption. Um, and it's actually kind of what I was gonna move on to next mm -hmm. as well is, going to say about like playing video games mm, sure. is it's a very personal anecdote for me but i think it can be applied to pretty much any kind of form of consumption yeah. um i will often turn to video games and you know if i need a break from work if i'm feeling burnt out tired i have worked really hard i deserve a break and i will pick up a video game 
and I have really struggled to balance my video game usage. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to end up kind of numbing with them. Mm. And so this is where the problem comes, is rather than playing the game, you know, consuming it, thinking about it, um, looking elsewhere for other things to do, I just start hitting that video game. It becomes my easy source of dopamine. Sure. I'm like, I, I might take a day off, like one day off, and I'm like, I'm gonna play a game today. Next day I'll come downstairs ready to work, and I'm like, that's difficult. <laughs> I could just play the video game. Mm-hmm. And we end up in this situation where um, I don't want to solve the problem. I don't want to do the difficult thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so much faster and more rewarding and more stimulating to just play the video game. And consumption runs at risk. Pretty much mm-hmm. all types of consumption, we run the risk of over-consuming. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that's kind of what you were saying is like you just, there is a type of active consumption um, that is controlled and mindful and purposeful and then there's the passive consumption, which is what I often lean on to, which is where I'm just trying not to work or right. like not even. It's it's just it feels like a better state than mm-hmm. not like it's sure. it's so passive yeah. um, and it's soothing, um, but it also is compounding right. and trying to get out of that like that stress still exists outside of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> and of any type of thing we're consuming. Um, it doesn't go away, and that's why I use this term numbing, is it's not actually fixing anything. I'm not refueling, I'm mm. just distracting. I'm right. just trying to not address the thing I'm not doing. Right. And that's something that I'm still working on. Sure. Uh, I'm kind of cold turkey at the moment, because I'm <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just being really mindful of stuff like that, catching yourself in these patterns, um, see what you're doing where you're like telling yourself that this is a a good healthy thing I'm doing, I'm doing, I, I deserve this, this is important, I need a break, whatever it is. Um, and realize if you're actually, you know, you're not taking a break, you're numbing. You're mm-hmm. just like using sure. it as a replacement for the thing that you wanted to be doing. Right. Um, there is a difference, you know, there's a difference between taking a, taking a break and then doing something like I do, I think all of us are prone to in some way, is like, I wanna do the thing, but I'm gonna just do this a bit more first. Or like, yeah, yeah there's yeah. definitely like a, there's a difference. Oh yeah, and I th- I think there's another way because another find a way that I find that I um I kind of do a similar thing is actually with creating. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite ways to procrastinate is to work on other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's something I find myself doing all the time. And you know I'll have some project I'm working on that requires brain power and thinking, uh, or maybe I'm trying to finish some really difficult paintings or something like that. And instead of that, it's pretty easy for me to fall back into, well, I could do some figure drawing or some figure studies. Uh, And it's just, it's easy to slip into these other things. And you see it all the time of people slipping into their comfort zone work, whatever that is, whether it's sketchbook pages or portraits or, you know, figures or whatever Mm -hmm. it happens to be, you see them kind of returning to this like really easy procrastinating work rather than the really difficult big, you know, hard stuff that they should be doing that they want to do. Um, And and that's not to say there's anything wrong with comfort Mm -hmm. zone work. I love comfort zone work. It's not to say there's anything wrong with doing that kind of work, whether it's sketchbooks, portraits, whatever that is, that stuff is is great. Like, I'm glad I do as much figure drawing as I do. It's when you want to do those other things and you find yourself not doing them because you're distracting yourself with this other work. It's, it's the same idea as like any other stuff. If, if you want to achieve this, 
but you find yourself just getting your easy dopamine from some other source, that's when it starts to become a problem. And yeah. you know, I think it's just it's important to realize it doesn't have to be just video games. It can yeah. it can even be art. Yeah. It can even be really useful, productive stuff. Absolutely. Um, Gosh, yeah, art is honestly <laughs> one of the biggest honest time sinks. Like mm-hmm. I I'm an artist. I'm supposed to work in the studio. I'm supposed to be painting. It feels productive, but mm-hmm. the truth is when I'm painting unless I'm really careful, everything in my life will, falls apart. I'm sure. like, I stop working Absolutely. out, I stop seeing my friends, I stop doing business things, I neglect to take care of my emails, I have like customers requesting support and I'm like, no, but I'm painting. Mm. And I'm like, that's not right. That's right. that's like, that needs balance. Mm. So yeah, no, you're totally right. Even, even productive things can be numbing yeah. and distraction. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, let's shuffle on to over inspiration. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to start no, you on can this, keep one? this one? Off. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of like what I talked about before with like looking at too much art, and you can just feel so inspired and just incredible and super pumped to work. And I swear this happens like every time we come back from oh, a trip. God. Like we'll be gone <laughs> for you know a few weeks and we won't have our computers with us we won't have like had time to do any art and we'll finally get back to our tablets and (laughs) it's terrible because we just immediately bomb whatever we're working on it's absolutely terrible and you remember that you're still you um and that art's still hard Mm. and all of that and that can be really hard and i think it's just important to realize that kind of and expect it yeah because i think if you do expect it if you do anticipate that that it becomes a little bit easier because hopefully you'll be able to lower your expectations a little bit yeah um, and that you'll be okay with screwing up your first few drawings and you know as you clean off that rust on your skills that it's okay that you know you will be all right Mm -hmm. i mean you've definitely experienced this too (laughs) so many times i'm terrible at it i've Every time I go away, it doesn't even have to be for like a big vacation or I don't even have to go and see like an art gallery or anything. If I just go away for a weekend trip, mm-hmm. just that absence from the computer and just something a bit different. And I will come back even it might just be something small, like I'm going to complete change my routine with mm-hmm. this little like idea I've had. Sure. And I will invariably <laughs> cause problems for myself every time. Um, I've had to get really good, like you say, at just being aware of that Mm -hmm. and kind of disappointing myself ahead of time. It sounds a lot like being cynical and self-deprecating, but it's just that recognition of this is probably one of those things where my expectations climbing a little bit high. Um, I have to be really good at saying no. And that's tricky. I sometimes will come home if we've taken a long trip and I've had a bunch of ideas and I'm excited to implement them all. I'll just write a list and I'll just get it out of my head yeah. and I'll go through that list later and be like, kind of like imagine myself in each of those things because a lot of the time I get so inspired to do things that are just not me. Mm. Um, like a, a guilty cello upstairs True. before I learned the skill where we came back from a trip and I was like, I need to learn the cello. This is like the thing <laughs> that I should have done years ago. This is going to change everything. I'm going to learn the cello. It's, it's collecting dust. Um, I maybe tried twice. <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of things that we, we think that we're inspired mm-hmm. to do, um, but we're imagining this glossy, rosy version of ourselves that would never actually do this thing, or mm-hmm. it's going to take some serious life adjustment we can't commit to to yeah. do the thing. Uh, we'll look at artwork that we're like, 
I wish so much that I could do that. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Yeah. It might look gorgeous, but it might make us miserable. It's just yeah. not how we, you know, how we think of the world. Yeah. I mean, I have that feeling every time I look at a graphic novel. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I could totally do graphic novels. Yes. I'm not a graphic novel guy. I'm not good at that. <laughs> but every time I read one, I'm like, ooh, yeah, I could, could, I could, do, I could totally, totally do, do it. I, yeah. That could be my life now. Yeah. I, I would be the best at that. And it's so what I've found that I tend to do is just like you, I write them down. Mm -hmm. I write down every, you know, random fancy or whim that comes along. And I'm like, yeah, I could totally do that. And then I don't stress about doing everything that I write down mm -hmm. because realistically, there's not enough time in life to do 1% of the things you think of doing yeah. or could want to do. Uh, you know, it takes a long time to get good at anything to do any kind of project. So it's pretty few things that you can actually do. Yeah. But I think it's good to write them down and, you know, look back through those notes. And sometimes I'll find that I've made the same note like four or five times. And I'm like, all right, that's at least something to like yeah. play around with because it's something that keeps coming up as I want to do. And then maybe, you know, you can find some small way to try that out and see if you actually enjoy the work itself. Because a lot of times we love the end result, but mm -hmm. we don't actually love the work. Because um, I hear it all the time of people like, oh, I wish I could draw. And yeah, everyone wishes they could draw. Yep. Not everyone wants to be an artist. <laughs> there's, there's a very different thing there. Because uh, honestly, everyone I've met could draw. But you got to put in like seven years of hard work. Yes. <laughs> and most people don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So realizing the difference between I'm inspired by the end result and I'm inspired enough that I want to do all of the in-between work, uh, I think it's just an important thing to think about. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think that we can end up with a very rosy view mm. of what we are going to do. Um, I honestly think that just setting some time aside to try it, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be long because honestly, <laughs> I can come up with a great idea and I'm like, I really need to do this. I'm so excited. I'm so inspired. Um, and I will keep putting it off, thinking that it's totally going to happen, it's totally going to happen. If I actually try it for five minutes, I'll often be like, no, <laughs> this is not comfortable. Like, either it's not as exciting as I thought it would be, or it's just full of challenges I didn't anticipate, or, you know, there's so many things. But you can usually kind of tell in your gut when something is not going to click with you. And just trying it, and like even just for five minutes, and, you know, obviously don't buy cello to try it for five minutes. <laughs> don't, don't be silly like me. Um, but just like things like I'm going to try and paint in this style, like set it aside and see if you can give it a go, see what yeah. it feels like. And you can pretty quickly tell in your gut when you're getting excited because something really is like going to work for you or like when you're just getting excited because it's new and exciting. And right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, yeah, just learning to, to like get that awareness mm -hmm. uh, is really important. Yeah. I think the last thing we wanted to talk about now is something that comes up actually surprisingly often um, is how to deal with jealousy um, mm. when you're looking at other people's work. Mm -hmm. And I think we might have actually gone over this at one point in one of our videos, mm -hmm. but I think it bears repeating here. Um, I think that jealousy can be inspiration. Mm -hmm. I think that <laughs> 
Jealousy is essentially inspiration gone wrong. It's <laughs> when we've let it go awry. Right. Uh, we've taken a source that could be seen as inspiring and our own narratives have like tainted it and mm -hmm. made it really negative. Sure. Um, and it's tricky because it's, it's a natural human response. Mm -hmm. um, it is basically a little firework in our head saying that that person has something that I want, uh, has, is able to do something that I should be able to do and it's threatening mm -hmm. and it's like a really negative hostile feeling of like I want that and it's not fair that I don't have that. Um, so as with most of the things we're talking about today I think the first step is just an awareness just yeah. seeing it happening um, because the dangerous thing is that sometimes that can go so unnoticed it just it sits underneath the surface we don't even get time to register it as jealousy before it becomes I'm a terrible artist maybe I should give up right. um, so it can be really insidious so just learning to see when that's coming up and just feeling that's like, I feel jealous. Yeah. Like I, I want what that person has um, and giving it a name because mm -hmm. uh, I can get very self-righteous <laughs> and I can be like, I don't think that person's worked at this as long as I've done. Like they just, they figured it out younger than me. It's not fair, I should sure. be able to do that. And it gets kind of like catty, like, oh, I don't want that. Um, just kind of calling myself out, catching it and being like, not very nice. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. Do you want to be that person? Yeah. Um, that can be pretty powerful. Just like putting the brakes on and saying, like, hang on, you see what you're doing, right? right. <laughs> you see that's not very nice. Um, yeah. Do you have any? Yeah, I. I mean, I also have in the past, especially used that for motivation slash fuel uh, to get better, uh, mm -hmm. to improve. That's. I think during my early student career days. Um, that was one of the huge things that pushed me to get better was mm. feelings of jealousy, anger, <laughs> you know, resentment, fear. Yeah, all this kind of stuff just really drove me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily the best. I don't think it's a great way, <laughs> but it is it is what got me there. It yeah. is it is a way. And if you're having these feelings, like, yeah, I think there's probably ways to turn them into more positive feelings. Like when you feel jealous of someone, realize that that's you feeling something and that they're, they probably worked hard for what they have and yeah. you probably shouldn't feel jealous. Um, but I will say that I did use it as motivation for myself for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And those, those feelings did push me to get better because I would see these other people that were doing great work and I would feel bad that I would look at my work and be like, well, this is terrible. I'm terrible, but I could totally get better and I'm just gonna mm -hmm. crush these people. Um, and it's the same idea of like you get turned down for some competition or some grant or award or whatever and you know you just get mad at it and then you work hard and so sometimes you can use those negative feelings for positive gains mm -hmm. I don't again I don't really think it's that healthy to do I, yeah. there are much better ways to handle feelings but you know <laughs> when I was a young 20 something and an idiot and hadn't figured out any feelings or emotions or how to process no. things or no awareness of anything. Yeah, when you're yeah. that clueless, like you can actually use them for some for some decent motivation. So you've done some yeah. growing. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, one thing that I do, it's kind of similar to what you were saying. It's maybe maybe slightly healthier. Um, maybe I try to um, imagine the roles reversed. So. Mm. When I'm looking at someone's work and I'm jealous, and like an important part of jealousy is that we feel we deserve what that person has. Um, because, you know, we can look at celebrities without feeling necessarily jealous because they're celebrities, they're like completely unattainable. 
um, but we might be really jealous when our like neighbor gets something you know like when a colleague gets promoted when you think you should have been promoted and stuff right. that's jealousy um, there is a difference between looking at what someone has and being like oh that's cool and being like I should have that right. um, and that is the bit that's really tricky and like unhealthy mm. um, so when I catch myself feeling that way about another artist's work when I'm seeing that like I'm like I I should be able to do that. It's mm -hmm. not fair that they can. Right. I've probably worked at least as hard as they have, <laughs> and it's not fair that they. Sure. I I try to imagine the roles reversed. So, you know, if I were to have a student come to me, and say, "I love your work so much. It inspires me endlessly. I really hope I can do what you do one day. Uh, you must have worked so hard at this. Do you have any tips?" I'm like. Oh, yeah, sure. And it's a great exchange and they leave like, yeah, they leave inspired and everyone's happy. Um, not so much if that person came up to me and said, huh, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, and I say, you know, oh, like five years. And they're like, hmm, lucky. I've been working at it for seven. And you're like, okay, <laughs> that's nice. Um, there's yeah. something really... I don't know, really lovely about that humbled student. Mm -hmm. There's something so, I don't know, romantic. I don't know, just really nice about someone who is just an open book or like who will just like consume information mm -hmm. and, you know, not personally tie themselves to things. So just like, they just want to absorb and mm -hmm. learn and admire and just like be inspired. Um, that's the kind of person I want to be. Yeah. It's not the person I always am. Um, underneath the surface, I definitely have every kind of negative thought. True. Um, but like, you know, I want to be that person that can moderate that and be kind to other artists, uh, feel sympathetic joy for them. That's mm -hmm. another whole other thing. But, you know, seeing that that person is an artist like you and they are crushing it. They mm. are doing so well and it's it's a nice thing. It's a great thing. It's yeah. so good that there are artists doing that. Sure. It gives us hope that we might be one of those artists one day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just all good things for the community. I just want the best for other artists. Right. So just trying to be aware of all these little things and just, I find that that's a really powerful way to stop jealousy rather than like stamping it on the head and saying like you're wrong for feeling jealous yeah. and like don't shame yourself for feeling jealous just be like i can see what that is mm. um there's other ways i can feel about this just mm. look for the other side of it that we might be missing it's much easier to do that when you imagine the roles reversed mm -hmm. um, it's much easier to kind of defend ourselves from that kind of attack than to like see yourself doing it yeah 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 that's great. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have to say on the matter. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we covered it pretty well. You guys feeling inspired? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, but not over-inspired. <laughs> no, not too inspired no. or jealous or any of those other things. It's <laughs> just so it's this, hard. It's this weird tightrope we're walking here. Yeah. And oh my just, gosh. Yeah. Compassion, self-compassion at the end there of the day. <laughs> yeah. This stuff's hard. Yes, art, yeah. is, art is difficult and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how much opens up when you're kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, wish you guys well. Hope you do feel inspired and we will catch you next time.